Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, Outkick Podcast listeners. Clay Travis here. Hope you're having a great Wednesday wherever you are across the country. We've got some fun guests for you. Chris Mannix will swing by, give us the latest on the NBA, and we'll talk with Jeff Schwartz about the NFL and the NFL draft. All that coming your way, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern live, but you get the podcast and it begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Major League Baseball has kicked around a lot of different ideas about how to bring the sport back uh, in the midst of uh, the coronavirus. They obviously started their spring training, then stopped it. And the plan that they have put in place most recently, which came out yesterday afternoon, is actually one that I think makes a lot of sense. Um, And uh, this is from USA Today is the latest, uh, latest idea Um, You know, they started initially with the idea of Major League Baseball did, well, we're all going to quarantine for months at a time in the Phoenix area. And that was not met with a lot of excitement from players who said, well, it's kind of weird. You know, what about our families? Are we going to be going away for months at a time? We don't know how long that's going to take. 
And so that idea seems to have faded. The most recent idea, which seemed to be uh, popular last week, was instead of quarantining, we're going to play in three different locations, Florida, Texas, and Arizona, with the idea being that we're going to play inside of stadiums uh, that have covered domes, and that will be the plan. The newest one actually, I think, reflects the continued uh, improvement of the situation across the country, and I actually think it makes a lot of sense. And here is what they say from uh, from this uh, USA Today article. Major League Baseball officials, I'm reading directly from it, have become cautiously optimistic this week that the season will start in late June, no later than July 2nd, playing at least 100 regular season games, according to three executives uh, who requested uh, an, uh, an, uh, anonymity. Uh, not only would baseball be played, but it would be played in the Major League ballparks Uh, albeit initially with no fans. And this is kind of unique and interesting. Major League Baseball is considering a three-division, 10-team plan in which teams play only within their division. It would abolish the traditional American and National Leagues and realign the divisions based on geography. Uh, The plan would eliminate the need for players to be in isolation and it would allow them to still play at their home ballparks while simultaneously severely reducing travel. Divisions would keep many of the natural rivals together. Uh, and let me give you the divisions here in, in the meantime. Um, and uh, the expectation is that a lot of, uh, of players would be able, almost all of them, to just go to their regular spring training, uh, spring training locations to get ready. Now, there are still complicated aspects about exactly what the pay would look like and uh, and everything associated with that. But players would go to spring training, have three to four weeks of training there, just like they would ordinarily. Then they would go to their home stadium location and they would be able to play at home or they would go on the road inside of these uh, three divisions. And the three divisions would have this uh, as the realignment structure for the season. In the East, you would have the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Nationals, the Orioles, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Miami Marlins. So they'd basically be all East Coast teams that are in the East, which makes a lot of sense. And many of these teams would be very close Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies. Those are really, really easy trips to be making. Uh, Even the Pirates is not very far. Blue Jays not very far. Be a little bit of a trip to get down to uh, to Florida to play the Rays and the Miami uh, Miami Marlins. But still, a lot less travel than ordinarily would be the case in Major League Baseball. In the West, you'd have the Dodgers and the Angels. Uh, the Giants and the A's and the Padres, all five of those teams in California. Then you'd have the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and then uh, the Seattle Mariners. Decent travel then for the Rangers and the Astros uh, from the West Coast. But you'd have eight West Coast teams effectively, and then uh, the Rangers and the Astros. That would be in the West. And then in the Central, you'd have the Cubs and the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals, 
Kansas City Royals, the Reds, uh, the Indians, the Twins, the Braves, and the Tigers. I actually think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, Again, the talk is that they could have between 100 and 110 games that they're able to play. uh, And maybe they could work towards having fans in attendance by the end of the season, depending on how uh, the situation is going with the coronavirus. I actually think this is a pretty good-looking plan. Now, simultaneously with this plan, Steve Kerr came out uh, on the NBA front and said, yeah, we're operating as if the season is over. And I do think the longer it goes for uh, the NBA without a plan in place to return, the more likely it becomes that only the postseason is played because it is a little bit ridiculous to bring back uh, guys who are in uh, last place like the Warriors are and say, hey, we want you guys to get back into shape and then we're going to have you play eight games or whatever the heck it is before the season is over when you know that your season is already over. Like what purpose would there be to ramp up the Steph Currys of the world and have them come back and play when there's no possibility that their game or their season is going to extend? I can see the Warriors saying, hey, we'll trot out a G League team or whatever, basically. Uh, if you're really insisting on us playing, it's kind of like the summer league for us. Uh, so I could see something like that happening. But uh, but that is the latest on the NBA front and the Major League Baseball front. Good news, by the way. Remember we talked to Shannon Spake uh, the last couple of weeks. It seems like NASCAR may well be returning by May 17th. Uh, we've got the fight that's coming up in the UFC on May 9th. Uh, so May 17th would be uh, obviously very soon in the grand scheme of things for NASCAR to come back. The number of total new daily infections continues to decline uh, in terms of uh, the testing. We hit one, uh, I think the second lowest number basically that has existed in April uh, yesterday in the uh, in the numbers that come out on a day-to-day basis. So everything is continuing to move in the direction of positivity with a lot of different states, whether it's Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, uh, Colorado, a lot of different states making the decision to begin the process of opening back up uh, as those numbers continue to decline across the country. Uh, let me bring in the crew. I'm curious what they think of uh, of this idea of the three divisions effectively in Major League Baseball. To me, it seems like a really decent rule and put in place uh, season uh, terms to put in place for this year. And it kind of eliminates any concern that might be out there about uh, about players having to quarantine and isolate themselves from their families under this process they would be able to have sort of normal existence with the families and everything else. They would play in their existing stadiums, meaning they'd be in the same locker rooms, uh, same sort of situation in general, except there wouldn't be fans present. But it does give you a lot easier pathway to allow fans to be present as the summer progresses. If numbers get better and better, uh, maybe you're able to start to break in uh, some element of fan base, uh, uh, you know, attendance without having to uh, to completely recalibrate everything that you're doing. Danny G, you're a baseball fan. You're obviously excited because the Dodgers have got a really good team, and you don't just want the season to disappear. Uh, given what talent the Dodgers have brought to bear, 
What do you think about this idea of the three grand divisions uh, effectively that are being put into place, the East, the West, and the, uh, and, and the South in general here uh, to try to make this happen? I like it. It's almost like MLB quarantine because you could keep each crew, each team in their own area where there used to be uh, being. And so I, I was talking about this with Roberto. We're both huge Dodger fans. Obviously, we want to see Betts play. We have to re-sign him. There's no guarantee he's going to come back to the Dodgers. I'm all for it. I was hoping that baseball could maybe get back at the end of May and only lose like 30, 40 games, but I'll take this. And I think it's a little bit better than the last couple of plans we heard because there's no specific details, but we were hearing before that there could be like seven inning games and lots of back-to-back games and things like that. I would rather do a plan like this and have entire games played. Yeah, I think this is a, this is working towards a pretty good plan. And what it's also working towards is – a larger degree of normalcy um, from for purposes of putting these games on television, for instance, it would be a lot easier to be able to pull it off with these games on television because you already have your camera angle set up and everything associated with the ordinary regional sports network uh, telecast. And I'm going to get to the regional sport networks and one of the big challenges that's out there here in a minute. But I think it makes theoretically an awful lot of sense. What about you, Dub? Do you like this idea? Does it make sense to you? Yeah, I do like the idea. And the previous idea that Danny G was talking about, I mean, I was all for it. I just want sports to be back in some way. But this idea makes a lot more sense to me. Having, you know, every single team in the Phoenix area or wherever they were going to do it, I feel like that would have been a much more difficult. Yeah, yeah, in a bubble. I feel like that would have made less sense and been kind of a much more difficult plan on everybody involved, players, coaches, media, et cetera. This way, teams are able to kind of have that sense of normalcy Still, you know, having the three super divisions. And like you said, and I agree, this idea, I think, trends more towards being able to have fans at some point down the road. You can scale it up pretty easy. Exactly. So I, I love this idea from MLB. If things continue to get better during the summer, you could start to talk in some way about potentially bringing fans back. Uh, and it just allows the players to have a relatively normal existence and limits the travel with them other than the West having to go to Texas and other than the East having to go down to uh, down to Florida. The Central doesn't have to travel hardly at all, but the East and the West, I mean, a Florida trip and a Texas trip, it's really not very substantial in the grand scheme of things if you consider how much baseball players usually travel during the course of the season. This would seem like a really, really simplified schedule, I would think, for most players uh, and coaches that are out there. What about you, Eddie? You've been talking about a lot of different plans over the past six weeks or so as uh, as different things have been floated as part of your updates. Uh, does this make sense for Major League Baseball? It seems to. I can't find any glaring flaw with it. Um, you know, obviously, we'd love to be able to have fans there, but at this point, you know, the most important thing is get the games going, and then we'll take that next next step hopefully sooner rather than later with getting fans to be able to, to go as well. But, you know, it, I hope I, – I was going to take baseball season off before all this happened because I've been so frustrated being a baseball fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is very – it's not a lot of fun. I can't wait <laughs> for a baseball game. Now. I don't even care who it is. It can be the Brewers and the Marlins. I, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm just dying to see some real sports. You know what? And it could actually be really good for some of these sports that have lost some of their audience over time. I mean, yeah. I, I would argue I played golf yesterday um, and golf is one of the sports that stayed open it was interesting they had uh, the uh, 
the flag sticks were permanently there. Like you couldn't pull them out. And so you left the flag stick in. There was no rake for the uh, for the bunker. I know a lot of you out there probably who listen and play golf have, uh, if you're in states that where the golf courses have stayed open, you may have played as well. I hadn't played since uh, since kind of the shutdown started. Everybody drove their own golf carts. We had a really, really good time. And, I mean, the golf course was packed. There were tons of people out there. I think everybody looking for something to do. But as I'm playing, I'm thinking to myself, the PGA, NASCAR, and Major League Baseball all have an opportunity, I believe, to really expand their audience because people are so starved for sports that ordinary uh, NASCAR fans will probably watch, but so will non-traditional NASCAR fans, I think, in a substantial margin. And so would, I think, in the PGA and Major League Baseball because I think the likelihood of the NBA and the NHL coming back and playing a ton of games is relatively low, right? And so, but I do think the NBA and the NHL will come back, but I think they'll be more focused on their postseason, which means the overall number of games they'll be playing will be relatively low. Whereas I think NASCAR, the PGA, and uh, and baseball in particular, because so many people are still going to be coming home at the end of uh, at the end of the day and not out and about as much as they might have been in in years past, baseball has a real opportunity here to expand their audience if they can be smart enough to get this thing done. Uh, what about you, Roberto? Are you all in? I know you're a Dodger fan and you want to take advantage yeah, of rookie bets. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm stoked. I love baseball. My wife is a baseball fan, so is my daughter. This makes the most sense. Um, you had players like Kershaw and Trout speak out on the quarantine plans in Arizona, Florida. With this plan, the players can still be with their families in the home cities. And in baseball, a huge thing is division play and winning the, in your division. All the teams w- would play a fair schedule here, it seems like. In that quarantine format, who knows how the schedules would have been like. And also, the D, a few questions, is the DH looks like it's... Yeah, a lot of people have asked. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't heard. I mean, my bet would be that the DH would probably be... Everything was going to have... Every, everything yeah, was everything gonna was going to have it was the talk. And I, so I would imagine that it's probably more likely that they would keep it than not. And also, the other thing interesting is uh, the playoff... Uh, the playoff, which teams would make the playoffs, or how many teams from yeah, each division would, would make the up. playoffs. Yeah. yeah, there's still certainly a lot of devil in the details because there's never been a three-division, ten-team setup, east, uh, east, west, and central. Oh, and hopefully Dodger fans get to boo the Astros at Dodger <laughs> Stadium towards the end of the season. Who knows? I was going to ask, what would the new punishment be for plunking Astros hitters? Yeah, I th- the Astros are the biggest beneficiaries by far in all of sports of the shutdown because I think by the time baseball comes back, which could be you know mid to late June, and assuming you aren't counting spring training as part of that, I, I think that many guys out there uh, who are in the league, but also many fans and everybody else, will just move on. Mm. Uh, no, I really baseball did. fans don't forget. No, yeah, I think it could be an issue if they're in the postseason, um, you know, and people then all the attention like circles back around on them. But the larger issue here, I'm going to open up phone lines to talk about this. By the way, eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. The larger issue of why I think sports are, are going to be uh, coming back, this is a big story that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Yesterday, Rich Greenfield, who we've had on the show a bunch of times, he is a, uh, he's a media analyst who covers uh, the stocks of uh, so many different media companies. He's really, really smart guy, futurist, does a good job on, uh, on Twitter. He's at BTIG. No, he used to be at BTIG. He's got his own shop now. Uh, but he reported... That and then, and then there was written about uh, associated with Dish Network that many different cable and satellite companies are starting to balk at the idea 
of paying ESPN and Fox for their television, uh, for the for their cable channels, because there's no original sports programming out there, and that as a result, these uh, these channels are in breach of their contracts because they have been promising that they were going to be paying uh, for these uh, for these sporting events. Now, this is a big deal. Let me explain why as we get ready to go to break, and then I'll open up the phone lines and I'll bring in everybody to talk about it. But listen to me uh, carefully here. Players, by and large, have continued to make a lot of their salary because the, the, uh, the, the Foxes and the ESPNs of the world have continued to pay the sports leagues even though the games aren't taking place. So that means uh, if you're an NBA fan, Major League Baseball fan, uh, NHL fan, whatever your league is, by and large, most television networks have continued to pay for the rights of the leagues without cutting payments, even though those games aren't taking place. And one reason the leagues have continued to play is because their payments have not stopped. In other words, if you have a cable or satellite subscription right now, you're still paying full price as a consumer for the for the sports networks, even though ESPN hasn't had original programming in over a month now for sports. Now ESPN's pushback would be, well, we've had we've done our best given the circumstances. We covered the NFL draft and a ton of people watch that. We covered the last dance. We bumped up the documentary, The Last Dance, about the Michael Jordan era Bulls, and a lot of people watch that. And that would be the defense that they try to bring to bear here. The challenge is, uh, and, and FS1 would likely say, hey, we had the eye racing. We've added a lot of different programming. We've continued to put on. And ESPN would also say, hey, we've continued to put on first take. And FS1 would say we've continued to put on undisputed and all of those things. But really, the big numbers when it comes to audience are in the original programming. And there has been no Major League Baseball. There certainly has been no NBA playoffs, which ordinarily would be fully running right now and would be a huge part of, uh, of the television broadcast. So if, these, uh, if the Dish Networks of the world are going to stop paying ESPN under their contracts, then ESPN doesn't have money to pay the sports leagues. And then you run into a major, major issue, which is these players who by and large have not had a lot of financial impact from the season being canceled so far would suddenly have a lot less money. And I think what you would find very quickly is that player complaints about the way that the league is being set up would diminish in a hurry as soon as the teams were unable to pay their salaries because we've seen this before, effectively then it turns into a lockout and the players typically, by and large, cannot go that long without their paychecks. So this wouldn't impact in as much or significant of a fashion a league like the NFL, which has not yet started, but it would be a huge deal for the NBA, for the NHL, and certainly for Major League Baseball, even the most of all for Major League Baseball because at least when it comes to the NBA and the NHL, those leagues at least got a part of their season in. And so I'm curious. I want to open up the phone lines and ask uh, the crew this. 
One, I'm, I'm curious how many of you, if at all, have cut the cord as a way to save money while there's no sports going on. Is that something that some of you have done right now since the quarantine? Not in the last several months, but just since the quarantine because the number of live sports have been down. And what do you think about the idea of the cable and satellite companies saying, yeah, we're not going to pay these sports networks for uh, the, the, the same fee when there's no sports on television that violates the contracts. Uh, this is, I believe, a really fascinating uh, part of what could be a huge economic challenge for the world of sports. We will discuss 877-996-6369. I got the phone number set up there. You guys can come rolling in. Uh, we'll continue to discuss as well the idea of Major League Baseball coming back and uh, what that could mean as well. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is a big question that I think is going to be debated a lot. And it's, it's interesting. When I was in law school, one of the things that you talk about is who bears risk of loss? It's a big legal question that, uh, that is much debated in uh, when property changes, for in- changes hands, for instance. Let's say you're buying a house and uh, and... So the house burns down, you know, what of the purpose of the contract or a business burns down or whatever it is, who was responsible, who had the risk of loss? And that's really one of the questions that we don't know the answer to as it pertains to the sports leagues not playing. Um, and so if you think about it, everybody has different requirements under their contract to deliver performance. When the performance isn't happening, who bears that risk of loss? And let me explain if you're kind of confused about following along here. The leagues, let's just use Major League Baseball as an example because they're talking about coming back. Major League Baseball under its television contracts is responsible for delivering, let's say they're responsible for delivering 100 games every week, right? That's probably low, but it's easy math. Let's say Major League Baseball is responsible for delivering 100 games. Some of those games would air on FS1. Some of them would air on Fox. I think some of them would air on ESPN. Some of them would air on ESPN2. Whatever the math is, there's a certain segment of those 100 games that are on national cable networks, FS1 and ESPN. Some on Fox, on Big Fox, national television probably. And then also you have all of the regional sports networks, So uh, whatever local station where you are in your country, uh, in your part of the country that carries the somewhat regional local team, you are then able to watch the Dodgers or the Cubs or uh, or the Yankees. Yet the Yes Network, for instance, would have Yankee games on in New York. And you are able to then sit back and watch all of the local games on those stations. In exchange for producing those games and putting them on air and having them played, the Major League Baseball teams are paid by the television networks in order for those games to air. And then the television networks are paid by the cable networks uh, and the satellite companies, the Comcasts of the world, the Dish Networks, the DirecTVs of the world. That's the way the flow chart works. Does that make sense? And I'll go back in reverse order now. There's basically three different contracts at play. The cable and satellite companies pay the channels, meaning ESPN, meaning FS1, uh, meaning the local regional sports networks. And the local regional sports networks are the middleman, the ESPNs and the FS1s. They then pay the leagues, Major League Baseball, in order for the games to take place and then the teams take that money and they play the and they pay the players okay 
there's basically four different links in that uh, in that chain. Does that make sense? So you go from uh, the cable and satellite networks. They pay the cable uh, and satellite individual channels, your FS1s, your ESPNs. The ESPNs of the world then pay the individual teams. The individual teams then pay the players. All of those contracts are predicated on the fact that the games are taking place. So who bears the risk of loss when the games don't take place? And who's going to turn that spigot off and say, yeah, we're not going to continue to pay you because you're not fulfilling the terms of your contract. You can see how this turns into a really complicated situation, but that ultimately what it represents is that the spigot gets turned off and the players or the team stop getting paid and the money stops arriving for them. So what's happening now is the uh, the DirecTVs, the Dish Networks, and the Comcasts of the world are starting to say, wait a minute, why should we pay? And by the way, there's an additional contracted term here, and that is you and me, right? We're paying full price for sports when sports is not actually occurring. So really, if you take it all the way back, and I haven't heard very many people talking about this, you have a series of contractual relationships that are not being fulfilled. So what in order is going to happen? So let me take it a step back further and see if you can follow this. You have you and me who have cable and satellite subscriptions, and we pay every month to the cable and satellite company, which then takes our money and pays the FS1s and the ESPNs of the world for sports, the sports channels. The cable channels then take that money and they pay the individual teams. The individual teams then pay the players. Are you following me here? And at some point, that spigot gets turned off because the games aren't taking place and the businesses aren't fulfilling the terms of their contractual obligations. So who bears the risk of loss? Is it you and me? We still have to pay even though there's no games? Well, that doesn't seem very fair, full price. It certainly doesn't seem very uh, very fair that the cable and satellite companies should have to pay the sports networks. It doesn't seem fair that the sports networks should have to pay uh, the teams and it doesn't seem fair that the team should have to pay the players when the games aren't going on. So it seems to me nobody should be paying, right? If you're just looking at it purely from an equity perspective, if you're not playing, then I'm not going to pay you whether I'm a fan, whether I'm a uh, television network, whether I am a, uh, a cable network, whether I am a team owner. I think ultimately what happens is the players shouldn't get paid if the games aren't going on. But again, this goes into the contracts themselves and ask, okay, who bears risk of loss when a pandemic hits? I don't know the easy answer. I will open up phone lines, 877-996-6369. But I'm curious, what do you guys think? Have you, have you worked through what I just worked through, Danny G, from purposes. Remember, sports are a business, and a business is all about 
who has negotiated to bear risk of loss, why in the world, many of you out there probably thinking, should players get paid based on me paying for them when you are a cable and a satellite subscriber? And I don't know that a lot of people have worked through all those different steps. Individual sports fan to, to uh, cable and satellite provider to individual channel to team to player those are all of the different contracts that could be involved in trying to figure out where does the money stop. Basically, you know, it's musical chairs. Where do you stop paying? It's a really challenging question. Pressure, by the way, when the spigot gets turned off, there's a lot of people all of a sudden who are going to be like, all right, we got to get back to work. Because it's easy right now for the Mike Trouts of the world to be like, oh, you know, like I don't want to be away from my family. You know, that's kind of tough. I don't have a lot of sympathy, to be honest with you, in that scenario for the Mike Trouts of the world because there are a lot of people listening to us right now overseas who make a lot less money than Mike Trout and due to economic realities have to go overseas and be soldiers and they're away from home for months at a time. Is it really that hard to play baseball? Now, the new plan for baseball would be you get to play in your home ballparks, but is it really that hard for baseball players to get paid millions of dollars and have to go to one particular city and not have a lot of interaction with their family in order to make a living? I, I think a lot of you out there, particularly as the unemployment rate is skyrocketing, who find it kind of hard to be like, yeah, I'm sorry, Mike Trout and Clayton Kershaw, you might have to spend some time away from your families to make millions of dollars. How many men and women out there who don't have jobs would be like, yeah, that would suck. But if you told me that I had to go away from my family for six months and you were going to pay me millions of dollars to do so, I think 99.9% of my listeners right now would say, yeah, I'll sign those papers. It sucks, and I don't want to go away from my family, but as the breadwinner, whether I'm the guy or the girl who's responsible for my family, if I can uh, steal a line from Latrell Sprewell, if I got to feed my family, I'll do whatever uh, whatever is necessary. And by the way, I think we need to go to breaks now. Uh, speaking of feeding a family, we got to go to break now. But we'll take some calls, 877-996-6369 on this challenging business question. We'll also bring in the crew, discuss that with them, and uh, we'll maybe carry this over to the top of the hour. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be uh, I put up, and I think we'll carry this over to the top of the hour, I put up a, a poll question for you. Uh, who should bear the risk of loss in your opinions? Is it fans? Is it players and teams? Is it the cable and satellite company? Is it ESPN, FS1, and NBC Sports Network? Who should bear that risk of loss? We got a bunch of people who want to weigh in on phones. Let's go ahead, Dub. Who is anybody good there, ready to roll? start things off with Mark in Virginia. Mark, what do you think? Good morning. Kudos on a good show. Appreciate uh, that. One thing I want to interject here, and this is more of a, a Q&A, and I'm not sure if you research people can look into it. I believe, that, and maybe I missed the conversation, um, you, your past is in legal. How are these contracts set up? Are they yeah. in calendar years, games played? Because, you know, there's going to be a lot more fifth-year options if these things are set up on you're playing for us five years at this calendar year, and let's say, God forbid, the season's canceled. Do they lose that? player's service for a full year 
So I, I think we yeah. need to actually dig into the contracts to see how they're set up because this is obviously these are these are strange times. Yeah, that's a really smart question, and the answer is. Major League Baseball has said, for instance, certainly in the NBA and the NHL where they started the season and you know played three quarters of the regular season, all the players get full credit for the seasons that they played. So you know, for purposes of free agency, then that is a uh, th- then you're you know fully covered there in the NBA and the NHL. For Major League Baseball, this was a big point of negotiation. And they have said this year counts as a uh, as a fulfilled contract year. So they're not extending contracts. So, for instance, if you're a Dodger fan, Mookie Betts is only under contract for this year with the Dodgers. So if the season never happens, Mookie Betts is a free agent. So he gets credit for this season, even though he may not play. Um, and uh, and, and the, the, again... I don't know that any other sports talk uh, show in the country is going to point out all of the complexity associated with the business side of this. But the reason why this is so important is ultimately business often dictates what gets done. And if you stop paying players, then a lot of players are going to say, okay, it's time to go back to work, period. Because they're going to say, yeah, we'll risk it because we got to make a living. Just like a lot of people out there, you know, like a coal miner, is risking his health every single day for a paycheck. So is a police officer. Or a lot of people right now working in grocery stores. They're making calculated decisions in exchange for money. I will risk my health. Who's up next, Dub? We got Aaron in Nashville. Aaron, what you got for me? All right. I got an interesting angle about this because someone told me a long time ago, do you want to be right or do you want to be smart? And I don't know if you remember, a long time ago, Fox was kind of just a sitcom station, right? Yeah. Then they got that big NFL contract. They snagged it, paid That's the King's right. ransom. These uh, networks you know, who, that are trying to play, oh, I don't want to pay this, I don't want to pay that, when those TV contracts come back up, and they will, I mean, how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, and I think that's it's a, a major factor because the money they're losing this year, they're going to make all that money back in the next 10. And if they lose that contract, the well runs dry. It's, it's a really smart point. Because the leagues can say, next time you negotiate, hey, we remember when we were dealing with the toughest situation that has ever existed in the history of our, uh, of our sport, you weren't there for us. And therefore, we're going to try to go somewhere else. But what if the leagues all agree that they're getting screwed here? Because remember, the leagues aren't just having to pay out for games that aren't being played they're not making any of the money based on television advertising. So this is, this is really complicated. Again, I don't think most people have thought about it. And again, to the call we just got there, do you know who's paying for all of this right now? Fans. We're bearing the risk of loss. We're putting the money in the league and team player pockets still through our cable and satellite subscriptions because – we're paying full freight without getting what we bargained for as a part of our cable deals. Think about it. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Major League Baseball working on a plan to potentially come back uh, that would involve uh, an East, a West, and a Central uh, division 
uh, 10 games each, uh, sorry, 10 teams each playing over 100 games. The East would be the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Nats, the Orioles, the Phillies, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Toronto Blue Jays, Tampa Bay Rays, Miami Marlins. The West would be the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, A's, uh, Padres, all in California. Then the Diamondbacks, uh, the Rockies, the and then we go to Texas, the Rangers, the Astros, uh, and the, by the way, the Mariners would be in that group as well. Uh, and then in the Central, you'd have the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, the Reds, the Indians, the Twins, the Braves, and the Tigers. Uh, but the question that we are discussing right now is, I think, a really monumentally big one. And it is, who should bear the risk of loss when these leagues are not playing their games? When the NBA doesn't finish the postseason, same thing for the NHL. That's the vast majority of the people come in and watch the postseason, not the regular season. Major League Baseball has not started. Uh, there are reports out there that cable and satellite distributors, that is the Comcast of the world, the DirecTVs of the world, the Dish Networks of the world, are starting to balk at paying full price for, for instance, ESPN when there are no games that are actually taking place. Uh, and so if you think about the entire uh, industry of how does money go, this is a, a big question that a lot of people don't really think about, how does money go from a TV perspective from you're in my pocket into, let's say, LeBron James's pocket or Mike Trout's pocket or... Uh, or any other athlete out there. How does the athlete end up getting our money? The answer is through cable and satellite from a television perspective. The other way is easier, right? If you go to a game, you understand that by buying a ticket, you are giving money to the team, which then is going to pay the player. That's a little bit easier of a way for most fans to understand, oh, if I go buy a ticket in an arena or a stadium, the money that I pay to that player then in, I mean to that to that for that seat then ends up going to the team and the player. Okay, that's kind of relatively easy for you guys to understand. But how does the money from a television perspective, which is where most player salaries are coming from, how does that get to the player? Well, there are several different conduits, right, that it works through. So let's say, you know, roughly every person out there that has a cable or satellite subscription, let's just round it up. Let's say you're paying $10 a month to ESPN for your cable and satellite subscription. Uh, and so that $10 that comes out of my pocket is, or your pocket, goes into your larger cable and satellite bill. And most of you aren't really aware that every individual channel has a cost, but it does. So that 10, let's say you're paying $100, $10 of that goes to ESPN, Okay. Of your $100 cable or satellite bill, $10 of that, let's say, goes to ESPN. ESPN, that $10, well, how does it get from, uh, from there? So your $10 goes to ESPN. ESPN then takes that $10, and they then pay uh, a league for the league's rights, and then the league, the television rights, and then the league distributes that money to the teams, and then the teams distribute that money to the players. So your $10 goes through ESPN to eventually work its way down to the players. Well, the question that I'm asking, and I think it's a good one, is what happens when the games don't occur? When the contracts aren't being fulfilled, who should bear that risk of loss? Risk of loss is a big thing in most contracts. 
Right now, it's you and me. It's the fans. We're still paying the players for games that they aren't putting on. So, by and large, the players aren't really losing very much. They're still getting a large percentage of their salary because the TV spigot has not been turned off. And the TV spigot is you and me put taking money out of our wallets and paying players. Now, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people out there are saying, wait a minute, why should the fan bear the risk of loss over the coronavirus pandemic? Why should we still be paying full price for events that aren't taking place? And that is a question that I think a lot of you out there are just thinking about now for the first time because in the poll question that I put up, uh, which nearly 3,000 of you have voted in, I said, hey, who should bear the risk of loss from games getting shut down? Fans, players and teams, cable satellite companies, or the channels like ESPN, FS1, and NBC Sports Network? Well, overwhelmingly, you guys are saying the players and the team should. 47% of you are saying the players and the team should bear the risk of loss. 28% of you are saying ESPN, FS1, NBC Sports Network. 19% of you are saying the cable satellite companies. Only 6% of you are saying the fans. So 94% of my audience, at least, is saying the fans shouldn't bear the risk of loss here. Do you know who's bearing the risk of loss right now? It's the fans. And I wonder whether we're going to see class action lawsuits filed by cable and satellite subscribers against these leagues for not putting games on and saying, okay, you're entitled to not put the games on, but why should we have to pay full price for a station that says, hey, we're going to have the NBA playoffs for you and the NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball when you're not putting the games on? It's a really good question. 877-996-6369. I bet I'm the only person who's going to ask this question in the entirety of sports media even because I don't think most people are thinking about it, but it goes to the very essence of when sports are going to get back and how they're going to get back. Uh, what do you guys think? Let me go around the horn here. Danny G, when you think about this, this series of interlocking contracts by which players end up and teams end up and leagues end up getting paid, who do you think should bear the risk of loss? It's such an interesting topic because everybody could be pointing fingers Yeah, because it's not like they're not playing the games out of laziness or a contract dispute. It's because of a pandemic. I'm wondering if the distributors and leagues can maybe meet each other in the middle. In other words, can they split any losses evenly? I mean, I... That's, I that makes sense in theory, but they're still splitting our money. Right. Well, we the fans should be getting the rebate, but <laughs> my experience with cable companies, distributors, and everything else we've all been through paying our cable bills every month, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm assuming the customers aren't going to catch a break. Oh, and, I think that there very likely may well be class action lawsuits filed over this. Well, I think the reason why our listeners are voting that they think the players and teams should be at the biggest risk 
is because they're the actual product. If you think about it like yeah. a concert, if a band can't do a, a big show, the production company and the fans shouldn't eat the cost That's right. of the money that went into the operations leading up to the I big mean, I mean, I think there's a good logic to it. I think I think if you take it outside the world of sports, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, you like, still the band still doesn't make all the ticket money off of fans that didn't get to see the concert. No, you get a refund right. if, if you have a concert ticket or you're going to a stand-up comedy act or whatever it is and the, the event doesn't take place, people would riot. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, like fans would lose their mind if you pay a hundred dollars to go see Beyonce or Justin Timberlake or the Rolling Stones or whoever your favorite music producer is, and then the events don't take place. You would never expect that you owe the hundred dollars. That's what's going on right now. I had a concert uh, to attend uh, the end of May, and I just got a notification saying that it's been postponed, so I haven't got my refund yet. Okay, but that's but that's different. Um, in, in, in that respect, right? Like the idea is that they're still going to put on their, uh, performance. Yeah. But either you know, get to see the show or you're going to get your money back. Roberto. That's right. But yeah. in this case, this is different. We just all still pay our cable bill and we, we have to eat it. And we know that we're not going to get the full performance, right? So even yeah. if major league baseball comes back, they're talking about only having a hundred game season. So you will have paid Six for 60 games of Major League Baseball that you'll never be able to see. And if the NBA and the NHL don't come back, you will have paid for a huge majority of the value of the NBA and the NHL is predicated on the value associated with the playoffs, right? That's when the vast majority of people actually watch the NBA and the NHL to see who's going to win the championship, who's going to watch the playoffs. If they don't end up doing the playoffs, then arguably 80% of the value that you already paid for with the NBA and the NHL never materializes. And players are being paid as if they have performed. I think that strikes most fans as being fundamentally unfair. What about you, Dub? When you work through like sort of the, the mechanisms by which you know the sausage is made, so to speak, like right, we're kind of looking behind the curtain at the business mechanisms by which games are put on, like the fans are the ones getting screwed here from an economic perspective. Yeah, it, they certainly are. And this is such a complex issue. It's, I mean, it's honestly difficult to kind of wrap your mind around. But to me, because every single, like you mentioned last segment, every single party you can make a case for that it's unfair. Yeah. But to me, the most unfair, if you want to break it down in that sense, is the fans because – at the end of the day, they're kind of the fans are the people who are starting this whole engine of the payments getting made. And for them to be bearing the loss doesn't seem fair to me when you have all these other companies, all these other networks, all these teams and owners. And by who, the way, millions of dollars. But I was that's what I was going to circle back around on. Many of the fans who are paying for the player salaries to still exist are losing their jobs and or being hit directly financially already. Right, So it's like a double-barreled thing for fans. There's a lot of you out there like, wait a minute, I'm paying millions of dollars to LeBron James and Mike Trout at the same time that I'm losing my job and they're not doing their job. Exactly, and that's exactly the point I was about to make. So to me, that is the highest level of an unfairness to me in this whole situation involved. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? Have you thought about this? 
I have a lot, actually, and it's interesting that uh, we're in, what, day 40-something, I think, of the lockdown of sports? Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. The only two times I have watched non-subscription-based services is for The Last Dance and The Draft, and that's it. I haven't watched cable television, regular television, not one time, and so I've been... You're thinking, you know, I know that I'm hopeful that sports is going to return at some point, but I've considered, should I just completely cancel my direct TV? I mean, what am I paying for here? You know, so, I mean, obviously my, my, my viewing habits are so based around sports. I mean, it's not even, it's not even funny. And I'm still the two things I watched are sports related. So, uh, yeah, I've thought a lot about this, but I, I would say, I mean, it only, to me, it only makes sense that the leagues and the players are the ones who are, yeah, they could, they, they're the ones who. I mean, they don't want to, but they're the ones who can absorb this. We can't absorb this. Not only that, they could choose to play if they wanted to, right? I mean, you may not like it, but if all of a sudden the leagues and the players, you told them, hey, your salary's going to zero, uh, I think that players would be like, okay, we got to go to work. I mean, I think most of them would, but right now we're basically providing them with unemployment insurance by paying their full salaries while they're not working as fans. And, uh, and, and and the other aspect of this is, like, if you want to analogize, R- Roberto was talking about a concert. Like, I think every single person out there, it's an easy analogy. If you had concert tickets and the concert isn't put on and your favorite concert performer just said, hey, I'm not going to do the concert, but I'm going to keep your money. I'll do a concert again down the line and you can continue to pay me for that one as well. People would riot, right? It doesn't matter who your favorite performer is. J-Lo, you know... Uh, uh, the Rolling Stones, Taylor Swift, whoever your favorite performer is, if they canceled a concert and then they said, hey, we're going to go ahead and keep your money, but we'll do another concert down the line and we'll let you pay for that one too, people would lose their minds. And and even to just take it into the world of entertainment, imagine if Netflix suddenly got overloaded bandwidth-wise and you couldn't access Netflix. And Netflix said, oh, well, we'll let you, uh, you know, we're going to let you in three months, we'll let you access Netflix. And in the meantime, you're going to have to keep paying full price, even though you can't watch Netflix. There would be a riot, right? People would be like, Netflix is the worst company ever. And I'm not trying to pick on Netflix, Disney Plus, you know, whatever streaming service you subscribe to, if suddenly the technology was such that they were not able to to put on their product and yet they charged you full freight for it people would say that's totally unacceptable well that's what's happening right now in the world of sports and fans are bearing all the loss and I don't think most fans have even realized it uh 877-996-6369 dub do we have anybody who wants to weigh in yeah, we still got a few callers here. Let's go to Robert in Las Vegas. By the way, been 49 days since Rudy Gobert. So we're coming up almost on two months, and we're easily going to get to two months without sports really existing on uh, the traditional sports networks. Hey, what's up, Clay? First time caller. Usually I listen to you guys driving home for work at the casino, but um, yeah, well, we know that now. we know that <laughs> feeling. I, I feel for a lot of people out in Las Vegas. Uh, I was reading an article. It's a huge tourism and uh, and hospitality industry out there, and everybody's just big. It's completely been shut off at the casinos. Oh, yeah. It seems like more than half this town's out of work right now. Yeah, right. But uh, appreciate the 
your Corona Bros talks because I'm arguing with people online, and ha- half the people seem like they're four, and half the people are like ready to go back to work. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> but it's, it's the tide's turning, though. We're, we're getting more people, rational people, speaking up. Yeah. So, what? How would you assess this from the sports perspective? Who should bear the risk of loss? Um, I'm going with uh, none of your answers. I'm going with the government should reimburse the. Uh, the individual, like I got direct TV and I mean, I can't fault direct TV. I can't fault the players. I can't fault the league. The only ones I could follow are the ones who directed this. Yeah. Thanks for the so call. I think the- yeah. Thanks for the call. The government didn't shut down the leagues. The leagues could figure out a way to play. Like Dana White is getting a fight going on, on May 9th in Jacksonville, Florida. WrestleMania happened as well. If, Necessity is the mother of invention. If the leagues wanted to put on a televised product, they could do it. They haven't been willing to do it so far, but there's nothing stopping the NBA from saying, hey, every player right now, we're picking you up and we're going to the Bahamas and you're going to be all quarantined on the Bahamas and we're playing the rest of this NBA season to fulfill the terms of our contract so everybody gets paid. There's nothing stopping that from happening. There's nothing stopping Major League Baseball from making the decision to put its players back to work as well. Now, the fans being able to go to the games, that's different. But in terms of fulfilling the obligations to put on a televised product, there's nothing stopping the leagues from being able to do that right now. By and large, they could find a place where they could put on games. Now, I mean, we're about to see the PGA. NASCAR is about to come back. Like, they could figure out a way to get back if they wanted to. Who's up next, Dub? We got Jeff in Virginia. Jeff, what do you think? I think it's pretty simple. Uh, all this could be prorated from each level to the players, to the networks, to the customer buying the product. It's And if there's no season, nobody gets paid. It's It's pretty simple. It's not that complicated like you're making it out to be but uh that that's just my opinion on it but you've got like people like Stephen a making six to eight million dollars a year and a salary on espn talking about the same stuff day in and day out skip bay was talking about the cowboys five days a week for four hours or two hours whatever yeah he's on i mean it's it's just highly overpaid and you know people it's proration is the only way you can do this. Thanks for the call. I don't think it's a bad idea. Now, to be fair to Skip Bayless, Stephen A., and to pretty much everybody in my industry, we all took pay cuts. Everybody who works on Fox and everybody who works on ESPN got pay cuts as a result of the sports games, not uh, the games not going on. So... That's funny a little bit in and of itself because most of the players have not seen a, uh, a ding in their salary yet. We're still all doing our jobs. Like, my job hasn't changed in terms of the amount of work that I'm doing. I'm just making less money to do it. So far, most athletes haven't seen a ding in their paychecks, even though they're not doing their jobs at all. So the pro rate portion makes some sense, except the fans are still paying. Like if you had a cable subscription in April, you paid full freight for sports that didn't exist. 
And if you had a cable subscription in March, you paid full freight for games that didn't exist for half the month. And you're about to pay full freight again in May for games that don't exist. So the pro rata would be it doesn't exist, right? Or you say, what's the value of ESPN without live sports? Well, you look at the numbers. I mean, the easy way to look at it would be, okay, let's look at total viewership for ESPN. How much did it go down in March and April? That's how much less a, uh, a consumer should pay. And I'm sure the number is massively lower because most people in April who watch ESPN are watching it for the playoffs. And I'm not trying to pick on the NBA playoffs. I'm not trying to pick on ESPN. NBC Sports Network ordinarily has the NHL playoffs. Well, the vast majority of people who watch the NBC Sports Network would do so to see the playoffs. And those playoffs don't exist. So why are the players still being paid from the fans for games that they're not putting on? I I mean, I, I don't think they should be. Who's up next? Last one for now. We got Kevin in L.A. Kevin, what do you think? Hey, what's going on, Clay? Um, you know, I just want to say, you know, we're all blessed. God's getting us through all of this. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to you since your first uh, show. So, you know, I have a little credence in this. You know, when you came out and you talked about this, you mentioned, you know, this was like the flu. You were wrong on that. But you came back and you said you admitted you were wrong. And you said, I'm going to give you guys the facts every day. And that's all you've been doing. You talked about the fear porn. And, you know, I watched this fear porn and I'm like, what are these guys talking about? Talking about two years, it's going to be two years of this, you know, yeah. negativity, negativity. And I think some of these other teams hear this stuff and they get scared yeah. when they talk about opening the practice facilities. You hear, you have these news outlets saying you can't open a practice facility. It's yeah. too early. It's too early. So, so everybody's scared, you know, but like you said, we got to get back to work. You know, we got to get back. You know, people are depressed. You know, this social distancing thing, I can't stand it. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see sports. Honestly, with the question, I think it's a combination of the players, the owners, the, the, the TV stations, the networks. It, it's all a combination of all of that. But sooner or later, these guys got to play. I, I understand your frustration, Clay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, it's, 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 it's the media outlets. It's, it's the fear porn. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, constant negativity. You know, we got to get to the positivity. Yeah, thanks you for the right? call. I, I think you're 100% right. There are a lot of leagues out there that are terrified because they're being told all the time, okay, if you come back, what happens when a player tests positive like Rudy Gobert did? And my answer is, you isolate him, get him healthy, just like you would if they got sick with something else. The data reflects that young people are not going to die of the coronavirus, especially not young and healthy people. We know, look, 10 guys in the NBA have already tested positive for this thing. And those 10 guys, most of them didn't even have symptoms. They were 100% healthy. Remember Kevin Durant, Donovan, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert? The, the majority of those 10 didn't even know that they had it. Kevin Durant's a great example. Huge superstar. Had the coronavirus. Had no idea. Several different NFL players have had the coronavirus. Had no impact on them. Because young and healthy people, you talked about the flu, young and healthy people are more likely to die of the flu than they are the coronavirus. 
well, a league would never shut down for the corona. I mean, for the flu, right? I mean, in fact, if one of the fa- one of your favorite players set out a big game because he had the flu, people would have been furious. Jordan's partly famous because of the flu game. If he had not played in that game, he would be much less of a legend than because he played in that game. We expect players in big games to play even if they're under the weather. And so I I do think that, that Kevin's right. I think that a lot of these leagues have bought into the idea that the coronavirus is more dangerous to their players than it is. And frankly, I think a lot of players have bought into it as well. I think a lot of them think they might die from this. And the data is that there's almost no chance of that happening if you're young and healthy. But the risk of loss is a big story here, and I think there are going to be a lot of lawsuits surrounding it before all is said and done. Uh, Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We come back. We'll talk with Jeff Schwartz about this, see what he thinks, see if he thinks players uh, are even thinking about this and what percentage of players would be like, screw it, let's play if suddenly you took away 100% of their income. Interesting questions, I think, in general. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Jeff Schwartz joins us now. Jeff, if you told players right now 100% of your salaries are going away, how many of them would be ready to immediately play regardless of the sport? Uh, most of them. I and mean, I think mean, this is kind of why there's been discussion about, you know, if we're going back to play, how, how, how the players feel about, you know, playing, but, you know, everyone else is, is kind of, you know, shut down otherwise. I think players need to play, right? A lot of players aren't making millions and millions of dollars, especially, I'll just speak for the NFL, it's a different sport than other leagues. You know, 90% of players um, aren't making like that big second contract. And yeah. a lot of guys would just would, would just play. I mean, even if the risk was, hey, you might get sick or someone in your family might get sick or you know, maybe your parents or grandparents get sick, I think they would take the risk of playing because especially in, in, in the NFL, you know, your years are, are numbered. And if you lose one earning year, because of, of coronavirus, you're not you're, you know you're not making that money up ever again. So I think players would play really no matter what. And we saw that kind of right with the addition of the 17th game, where a lot of the more wealthy players said, "Hey, we don't like this idea." But the impact in terms of the uh, the salary increase for yeah. minimum wage guys in the NFL, uh, you know, non max contract guys, uh, was substantial. And so uh, players want to play. I mean, it doesn't sound, it, you know, a lot of times I think the media is arguing as if the players don't want to play. But the reality is, if the money goes away, players be like, "Hey, let's go back to work." Exactly. Look, there are a couple players. I think I saw in baseball. A couple players said, like, hey, I'm, I wouldn't play this year if it wasn't safe. But a lot of those guys have made $20 million a year over multiple years now, right? And obviously, right. you know, you can weather the storm uh, for one season if you made that much money. Also, if you, know, you count endorsement money and, and playoff bonuses and whatever else in, in these other sports, I just think in the NFL, especially, uh, especially with you know, the, the league being so young, um, you know, a lot of young people don't pay attention to uh, what's happening, I think, as thoroughly as, as older people do, or even just people that, um, you know, have matured a little bit. I mean, you know, do, you, do I expect a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, 24-year-old to be paying close attention to the coronavirus? Not really, honestly. I mean, I know at that age, I don't know if I would have paid attention to it in, in as much detail Especially as Especially if I they do don't now. feel like they're in danger, which they Correct. aren't. 
Correct. And then, like, you know, you know, now I have kids and I have a life and I have things going on. Like, I pay attention to it a lot more than I would when I was 23 years old. And so, you know, the, the younger players are just like, whatever, I'll just play. If I get sick, I get sick. Um, and that's one reason why I think the NFL is back. I, I think we're going to get sports back. We, we've seen schools now, you know, slowly keep announcing that they're planning to be open in the fall. Um, you know, I talked to uh, someone at, at a college on the West Coast. And, I mean, the amount of money lost. Oh, yeah. Even just to play college football with no fans would be, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it'd be eight figures. I mean, like, it, it's it's a lot, you know, multiple eight figures. It's a lot, a lot of money. And here's why college football is different than the NFL as far as funding and, 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 and where they get their money from. You know, the NFL gets most of their money from, from TV deals, right? And from, yeah. And from, and, and, you know, along Amazon, Verizon, like they're, they're big, they're big deals. Um, you know, college football, a lot of the money is generated from, from boosters. And a lot of times you have to give, are you seeing ticket holder for, for the Vols or not? Uh, for the Titans. Okay. Not for, not for so, the University you know, of Tennessee. Right. So, so like, you know, in the NFL, you have PSLs, right? So it's yeah. a one-time payment, you know, to, to, to guarantee to be able to get the right to buy the, to buy right. the seats. Yep. In college football, it's a booster fee, right? And, and you pay it every year. So, you know, my parents have been seeing holders of UCLA football since like 1977. Yeah. And they, you know, they pay $1,000 each and every year, 1500 bucks, whatever it is, to guarantee their right to two tickets or four tickets. I mean, it's two now. Those fees add up over time, and that's where a lot of the money from college football gets generated, those booster fees. Well, if no one's in the crowd, you're not getting those fees anymore, and that's where the, the lost revenue is. And if you can't play college football, you can't play other sports because there's no money to pay for other sports. And I think colleges are starting to realize that uh, that's a major problem, and they're going to have to find ways to make sure that kids are at least on campus in some uh, some event, you know, some some fashion to, to be able to play uh, football in the fall. NFL draft just happened over the weekend. Uh, what team or teams did you particularly like the draft of? You know, I like the Cowboys draft. You know, the, the goal of a draft is, in my opinion, finding value, right? You want to try to find players, um, you know, at a spot where the value is highest. So the Cowboys, to me, ended up getting C.D. Lamb and Diggs, the first two picks, at spots that I think were, were highly valuable. I think Diggs dropped in the second round was was value for them. C.D. Lamb, I think, 17 was good value for them. Um, I think that uh, the Browns did a good job. I think that the Broncos did a good job of just adding weapons for Drew Locke, and they got speed. It's interesting if you look at the AFC West, the Raiders and Broncos both went with speed because yeah. they have to keep up the Chiefs. They yep. just, they just said, we're going to get the fastest players we can to go with the Chiefs. Um, the idea I, being, I, you're not going to shut the Chief yeah. offense down. You got to outscore them. Yeah, and it's you know interesting to see the trend. I think the Ravens, just generally speaking, always do a good job, but they ended up with the player everyone had mocked to them. Um, you know what's interesting about all offensive linemen drafted is I'm not sure they're all great fits. And I'll tell you what, your Titans though with Isaiah Wilson, I don't he needs some work, but to put him a right tackle was a great fit for for the Titans to end up you know getting him where they did. Um, you know, there's a little. I, I mean, Tampa did a great job with with Tristan Wirfs and, and Winfield Jr. I mean, two guys right now that'll start and be impact players. Uh, a lot of teams did, did, did some really good stuff. I saw it was a very very deep draft. I mean, you look at it like yeah, like no doubt. Johnson from Utah, the cornerback who, by all accounts, is a top twenty player, uh, but had a little shoulder surgery and he falls to fifty. I mean, it's a remarkable value to get him at fifty. A second round. I mean, I was watch. I watched. You know, we're quarantined, so I watched a lot more of the draft than I ordinarily would. Same. And you know, I watch a lot of college football, but 
all through the second round, I was like, man, that guy's a stud. You know, like a lot of times you watch first round picks and you're like, ah, I'm not sure about that guy. I watched him play off and on. But I mean, when you look at the number of big time, big, uh, you know, playmakers yeah. who were going in the second round and not even early in the second round, like mid to late in the second round, even into the third round. I mean, this was one of the deepest drafts I can remember in a long time. It was, you know, I, I was tasked with writing like a winners and losers type of thing or like best yeah. value picks on day two. And I was like, uh, there's like 15 of them. <laughs> like yeah. There's so many that, that can be, I mean, you know, even go back to other like offense, like Josh Jones was a Cardinals drafted sending 72nd overall in the third round. Most people had a first round grade on them, like a fringe first round grade. You got a fringe first rounder all the way at, at the middle of, of round three. I mean, yeah. it, it's amazing to see what, there wasn't like I hope everyone pans out, but yeah, this felt like a year where there just was a good, you know, there might not have been as many, let's say, elite players at the very top. You know, Chase Young, obviously, and you know, a couple offensive linemen and, and Isaiah Simmons. There, but like, there's just a lot, a lot of depth and, and a lot of playmakers right away that can help a lot of these teams. Herbert, Tua, or uh, Burrow? Who would you want to buy stock in right now? Which one? Well, Burrow's going to play first. Um, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. Uh, look, I, I know people you know, vary on their opinion on Justin Herbert, but he landed in the best spot. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you look at the Chargers, what they did this offseason, even just the offense. They added two offensive linemen, right guard and right tackle. They upgraded those two. They can still add a Donald Penn or Jason Peters to, uh, you know, for, for left tackle. They have all the weapons, right? Hunter Henry's back on the franchise. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. They drafted, actually, we're running back at UCLA. who was pretty good, in my opinion, Joshua Kelly. And Herbert can sit for a year. Like He can go and, and just kind of get in the groove of an NFL uh, season and learn behind Tyrod Taylor, who we knew was already who been with quarterbacks um, in in Buffalo. You know, to uh, it, I liked the Dolphins picking too. I think they should have done it. I think he's better than Herbert. But here's a, you know a situation with no offensive line. I mean, they drafted two guys, but two guys I don't think are really ready to play yet. And you have not a lot of weapons. And you know you're going to kind of be asked to play early because Fitzpatrick is there. Then you know the Bengals actually have weapons um but i you know just it's tough to come in as a rookie and play right away especially in this offseason this is a this is something that we, we we need to look at because there's no offseason program right so everyone's showing up in fall camp uh rookies are going to be behind very behind um because there's nothing and as much as you can try to learn virtually that doesn't really matter you need to learn in person uh more with jeff schwartz when we come back this is outkick the coverage with clay travis Jeff Schwartz with us now, finishing up uh, his guest hit. Uh, Jeff, when you look at, uh, you were just talking about the quarterback situation and everybody else, uh, assuming that uh, that the season starts on time, who are guys, and you know, I know you mentioned the offseason, the difficulties associated with being ready to roll, but who are guys that you saw that were drafted and you thought, oh, this guy is going to be an immediate impact player uh, on offense or defense? Maybe three or four guys out there. Well, number one, in my opinion, is Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle that, that the Bucks draft him. He is a prototypical right tackle. He's athletic as heck. And he's a guy like, you know, when, when you talk about impact players, you know, a guy that, that solidifies their offensive line. Like, they like need a right tackle. They got a right tackle at 13. You know, a guy that, that was not expected, I think, to be there, you know, at that position. Um, you know, I think a guy like Jerry Judy going to the Broncos, I think we're going to have to see an immediate impact helping you know Drew Locke be able to uh, you know to to succeed. I didn't really like the Chiefs pick of, of their running back, 
But if you look at the way he fits their offense, I mean, he's going to have an immediate impact in helping that offense continue to do well. Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers, uh, you know, playing uh, wide receiver in that offense. I mean, there's just so many guys, you know, you look at Andrew Thomas and, and Makai Becton and Jedrick Wells. There's so many guys that, to your point about the depth of this draft, that feel like immediate impact players outside the quarterback position. Did anything happen in the draft that changed your opinion about who the best team is coming into the 2020 season? Uh, no, I mean, it kind of solidified my opinion that the Chiefs and the Ravens in the, in the AFC, I think, are easily the top two right now. Uh, you look at the NFC, you look at Tampa, New Orleans, I think, did a good job with their, with their picks. Um, you know, the Eagles got better. I, you know, the Hurts pick, we could debate that. I like that better than the Packers drafting love. I mean, I'm selling all my Packers stock. I'm, I'm out on the Packers. And the best well, how do you think Aaron Rodgers reacted to that pick? <laughs> he, he hated it. Look. I, 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 we've seen that there's a, a, a strong history of, of older quarterbacks not mentoring young players, and that's fine. It has worked out in the most part for all those young quarterbacks that were not mentored. The idea that Aaron Rodgers is now going to be different and, and, and you know, go out of his way to help Jordan Love, it's just not what's going to happen. He was pissed about it. In, in the deepest wide receiver class in 20 years, they didn't draft a single wide receiver. And then they announced they're going to run this old-school run-first offense. It's ridiculous. They got worse. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, thank you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, good luck with the kids and the new pool. I saw it's yeah. coming in. Yeah, it's coming in, buddy. All right, take care. <laughs> that is Jeff Schwartz. Go follow him uh, on Twitter. Um, a lot to, uh, to unpack there. He said just got his pool finished. Um, when we come back in hour three, we're going to be joined by Chris Mannix. We'll continue this conversation about uh, the sports leagues coming back. If you're just waking up, Major League Baseball putting in uh, place potentially uh, an ideal plan based on the East, the West, and the Central uh, in terms of what they would uh, be planning for the return of Major League Baseball. We'll talk with Chris Mannix about whether he believes the NBA will be back or not. Steve Kerr saying in his mind that the Golden State Warriors season is over. What does Chris Mannix think about that? All that's still to come in Hour 3. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. This is Outkick the Coverage. Go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss anything at all. We got a poll question up where you can vote as well. Go check me out at Clay Travis. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some good news out there in the world of sports uh, when you break down the potential return of sports. Uh, we talked yesterday with Shannon Spake uh, a decent amount about the return of NASCAR. It appears likely that NASCAR is plotting for a return of May 17th or May 24th, uh, either in Darlington or in Charlotte, for those of you who are NASCAR fans. We know the UFC is coming back on May 9th. We know that the PGA is coming back on June 11th. And by the way, I played golf yesterday. First time I've played golf since uh, sports shut down here. Uh, and uh, I played 18 holes. And uh, yes, you're in somewhat close contact at times. But I would just further reiterate that the PGA to me has blown it by not getting as aggressive as possible during this window here. They had a lot of opportunity to be playing their sports. And uh, and the fact that they haven't done it, as many golf courses across the country have stayed open. Um, and if you're wondering what does that look like from a golf perspective, well, 
the course that I played, they have put in permanent holes uh, and uh, flags so that you uh, you can't pull the flag out at all. So you're putting and uh, and it's you know the 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 pin is permanently there, so you're never removing the pin. And also, there's no rakes for the uh, the golf hazard. So when you're in the bunker, sometimes you can uh, end up in a rough spot, but there's a little bit of relief given. And look, we're not talking about Sunday at the Masters for most people when they're out uh, on the golf course. And, uh, and then uh, you drive your own golf cart. So instead of having somebody riding along beside you, you're riding in your own golf cart by yourself. I played 18 holes yesterday, had a lot of fun. Um, and uh, the course was packed. Everybody, it seems, wants to get out and find something that they can do, particularly as the weather gets better and better. And so, I, you know, as I'm playing, I'm thinking to myself, there's no reason for the PGA not to be back before now. Now, I understand the challenges associated with fans, and I'm not saying that fans need to be present or we need to have huge, massive crowds, but the PGA should have been going. The fact that they're waiting till June 11th, I think, is uh, is is too long. I mean, I think they should have powered through and gotten back sooner. That's my opinion. But they are going to be back on June 11th. The NBA and the NHL continue to work on plans potentially going forward. Steve Kerr has said uh, that he thinks his team is done. Obviously, the Warriors were awful this year and would be a part of the NBA draft lottery. And the longer the break goes, the less it would seem to make sense to bring back uh, teams that were not good and say, hey, you guys need to get in shape so you go play eight games or so and allow the season to be complete. I, I think that idea is kind of going out the window. So I think if the NBA comes back, the idea will be the NBA coming back for the postseason and everybody will be getting into shape for the uh, the playoffs. That's a challenge in general for teams that were close to the playoffs. So maybe the NBA could have a series of one-game playoff game-style scenarios for teams that were really close to being able to make the playoffs. Uh, maybe that's a way to get back a little bit sooner rather than later. Uh, or maybe you just say, you know what, it sucks if you're uh, if you weren't in the playoffs when we had to stop the season but those are the rules we're going to play with going forward. The 14 teams that weren't in the playoffs are eliminated. The 16 that are will get in shape and train and see if we can finish the season. Major League Baseball, however, has uh, has not started their season. They were in the middle of spring training at the time that they were shut down. And so uh, they are, it seems to me, excited about getting back if they can. And there have been a couple of different plans that were in place for Major League baseball the first one was hey we're going to play basically in a quarantine bubble in Arizona that was not well received uh, and it seemed kind of complicated the next one was we're going to do Arizona Florida and Texas we're going to play different amounts of teams in each of those locations but as the coronavirus outbreak has lessened as it has begun to wane and it has uh, there seems to be a lot of people out there that uh, are of the opinion, and I agree with this in general, that Major League Baseball teams could play inside of their home stadiums just without pl- uh, fans present. And that way, the players would be able to have relatively normal lives. They can live with their families. They can go back and forth. All of those things are not particularly complicated uh, if you're playing at home. And Major League Baseball then has said, well, instead of worrying about traveling all over the country and, you know, lots of flights and everything else, 
what if we've limited the amount of travel that we require as well as part of a 100 or 110 game season? And so they've said, hey, what about these three grand divisions, the East, the West, and the Central? And you know what? It kind of makes some good sense. Uh, in the East, they would preserve a lot of rivalries. They would also play a lot of cross uh, uh, cross uh, uh, cross the entirety of the league. You know, usually uh, the the uh, for a long time, Major League Baseball did not play American League and NL teams. Didn't play right, so you didn't get that opportunity to see an American League or a National League team play unless they got to the World Series. And then they started intra league play. And as a result, it's been pretty popular. This would take it to another level because it would create three grand geographic divisions. The East would be made up of the Yankees and the Mets, the Red Sox, the Nationals, the Orioles, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Miami Marlins. So almost all of those Eastern teams are in the Northeast with the exception of the Rays and the Marlins. So there wouldn't really be very much travel at all. In the West, you'd have five teams from California, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the A's, and the Padres. Then you would have the Seattle Seahawks, and then you would have the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, and the two teams from Texas, the Rangers and the Astros. So a little bit of travel from the West to get back to Texas, but otherwise eight teams that are pretty close to the Western United States. Uh, And then in the Central Division, you would have the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, the Reds, the Indians, the Twins, the Braves, and the Dodgers. Not very much travel at all needed. The furthest south you would have to go is Atlanta, and that is even more compact almost as a group than any of the others. So that seems to me to be a pretty reliable and reasonable setup that gives the idea of returning some cogency. Now, what we have been talking about on this program, and this is actually in our uh, in our poll question, is who should bear the risk of loss in the meantime over these games not taking place? And what I mean by that is we have a series of contracts that exist to take money out of your pocket and eventually end up putting it into a player's pocket. And that's relatively under easily easy for most people out there to understand when it comes to buying a ticket, right? If you buy a ticket to a concert or if you buy a ticket to a sporting event, you understand that a portion of what money you are paying is going to eventually end up in the pocket of the entertainer, right? Whether you're going to watch Mookie Betts theoretically play at the LA Dodger Stadium or you're watching Taylor Swift at Madison Square Garden. The money that you pay for your ticket eventually makes its way into the entertainer or the athlete's pocket, right? That's relatively easy to understand. What a lot of people don't understand is the business by which television money ends up getting into a player's pocket. Let me explain how it works, all right? These are a series of different contracts that are in in place. All right, let's start with, I'll use me as an example. Let's start with Clay Travis, cable subscriber in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I am a cable subscriber to Comcast. That is where I have my cable. 
Uh, I pay God knows what we pay. We have a lot of the movie channels, everything else. I don't even fortunately see the bill. But my wife is in, uh, in charge of making sure everything's set up there, right? As a part of my cable and satellite bill, uh, let's say I've got Comcast, and let's just round it off and say I'm paying $100. As a part of that $100 that I am paying, every individual channel is paid by my cable and satellite company. Okay, you don't see it itemized on your bill, but every single channel has what's called a carriage fee as a part of your bundle. And so in my bundle, let's say I have AMC, right? Uh, my wife loves to watch the uh, Better Call Saul. I think that's on AMC right now. So we pay X amount of dollars for AMC. And then we also have like Nickelodeon, Nick Kids, all that stuff. My kids love watching those channels and we pay for those. And then I am a big sports viewer. And so let's say that I pay $10 a month, which is roughly accurate for the ESPN channels. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN Classic, the SEC Network, whatever, all the different ESPN properties, ESPNU. Let's say roughly I pay $10 for that. All right, that's low, but let's say I pay $10. I pay that $10 to ESPN, all right? That $10 that I pay to ESPN is coming through my cable and satellite provider, but it's out of my pocket. ESPN then takes that $10, and they go out to the sports leagues, and they say, hey, I want to buy, let's say, Monday Night Football or the NBA. And let's take the NBA here because it's something that's been canceled. Monday Night Football theoretically is still going to happen. ESPN says to uh, to uh, the NBA, hey, thanks to Clay Travis, the $10 a month that we get from Clay Travis and $85 million, roughly others of you out there who also have cable or satellite subscriptions, we can afford to pay a ton of money to the NBA so that we get their, uh, their rights package. And a huge part of that rights package is the playoffs. Uh, and as a part of the playoffs... Yeah, the NBA is guaranteeing, hey, we're going to give you X amount of games alongside TNT gets this as well. We're going to give you X amount of games and that's the justification that you can use to charge people for your channel. And so the NBA agrees to deliver those games. ESPN pays money to the NBA. The NBA then takes that money and they redistribute it to the 30 teams and ultimately, the 30 teams then give player contracts, which is how my $10 a month ends up in LeBron James or Luka Doncic or Chris Paul or whoever, Kevin Durant's pocket, right? That's how all that process works. The question that I am asking is a good one. What happens when there are no games? What happens to that money? Well, I'm still getting charged full price. It's not like Comcast has come to me and said, hey, Clay, because the NBA and the NHL playoffs aren't existing because there's no live sports, the money that you are paying is going to be lessened. No, no, I'm still paying my full price. And so the players, by and large, are still getting all of their television money, even though they aren't playing. And that's because of us, the fans, continuing to pay full freight. Well, that doesn't seem right to me. 
And it doesn't seem right to a lot of you as well. And so I asked this question, which nearly 10,000 of you have voted in so far. Who should bear the risk when the games aren't being played? Should it be the fans? Should it be the players and the teams? How about the cable and the satellite companies? Or ESPN, FS1, NBC Sports Network, all of the sports channels which don't have their product. And what's interesting is with 10,000 of you voting, 93% of you believe the fans shouldn't bear that risk at all. Only 7% of you think the fans, i.e. you and me who are paying our cable and satellite subscription, should be bearing the risk, which is what is happening now, where we're paying full price for something that we don't get value from. And then 47% of you are saying the players and the team should bear the risk. And that makes some logical sense because if the players and the teams aren't playing, why should they get paid for not working? And then 26% of you are saying the ESPN, FS1, and NBC Sports Networks of the world, and 20% of you are saying the cable and satellite companies. Interestingly, 93% of you, a huge majority, are saying the fans shouldn't be bearing that risk. And right now, we, the fans, are bearing all of that risk. Uh, Danny G, you got a cable and satellite subscription? I don't right now, no. You cut it to save money? I did. When did you cut it? A couple months ago. I was using a streaming service. As soon as they stopped sports, you cut it? I did. I've been leaning on Netflix and Hulu. I have ESPN+. Plus. I do have FS1 and AMC from family members where we're trading logins yeah. on different apps. But you immediately were like, I need to save money, so you cut your cable and satellite. So you had, a, you had like what? Like what did you use? I was using, uh, remember, PlayStation View? <laughs> yeah, they shut that down. Yeah, and then I, I switched to Sling after that. Okay, so I canceled my Sling. But you immediately canceled your Sling as soon as sports stopped to exist. Yep. What about you, Dub? How do you like get, let's say, the last dance on ESPN? Well, it's well documented that I uh, use my mom's login account yes. from her uh, subscription, which I still have, but it's funny you mentioned the last dance. I actually had to re-log in to my ESPN account on my Apple TV, something that I don't think I have ever done in my adult life because obviously I'm a huge sports fan and I'm constantly watching uh, games on television. But to watch the first episodes of The Last Dance, I had to re-log in with uh, you know her username and password to access the app. That's how long it had been since I had you know watched. Oh, that's sports. interesting. Yeah, so you just yeah. hadn't been on at all. And exactly. If you had a subscription like Danny G, do you think you would have been inclined to maybe cut uh, just based on the fact that there's no games? I think I would have because the only live sports I watch or, or live television I watch are sports. So right. I think I definitely. I probably would have if I did have my own uh, satellite or cable subscription. Eddie, what are you guys doing right now? Do you have DirecTV? I can't remember. We had this conversation, I know, before. Yes, I do. Uh, So does it seem fair to you that you're paying full price for all of these sports channels when there are no sports on them? No, and I wish I would have done what Danny G did. uh, Which is cut as soon as sports ended. Just say, I'm cutting the cord for right now. Yes. Now, is that the reason I'm asking this is – I. Is it easy to cut a satellite subscription? Like, you have to have a satellite, right? 
Yeah, and there are contracts involved. I've been a, I've been a customer of Directory for so long. I right. think they would do just about anything to either keep me or you know appease me if I wanted to come. But back it's not as years. easy as it is for like Danny G, who just has a, a you know like a like it was relatively I'm assuming harmless for you, Danny G, to just cut sling, right? Yeah, for streaming services, it's really easy. You just go to your account. You're not even on a contract. You're month to month. Right. So it's simple. Whereas with DirecTV, they may still kind of consider you to be under a contract, but also there's a lot potentially involved in shutting down DirecTV compared to a streaming service, which is probably why, Eddie, you didn't cut it, right? Because you probably sat down and then said, you know what? The amount of time and energy and effort that I'm going to spend on this may not be worth it. Yeah, and I think deep down I was hoping that this wouldn't last as long as we were all thinking it was going to. But it does, like, the, the intuitively to you, it does seem unfair that you should have to pay full price when you're not getting what you should be getting if sports were going on. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I, I'm, I don't even watch TV other than sports, so right. it's completely worthless. Yeah. Roberto, what about you? What are you doing? Yeah, uh, I had a PlayStation View like uh, Danny did. I had DirecTV before that. I uh, cut the cord years ago with DirecTV, and now I have a, a Spectrum uh, live TV service. Which is so does it? Okay, so does it seem unfair to you that you're having to pay full price? And by the way, it's not just ESPN. These regional sports channels, which basically only exist to put on local teams, you're paying a ton of money for those as well. I mean, you're talking about uh, depending on your subscription potentially $30, $40 a month worth of your subscription cost being for sports channels with virtually no sports on. Yeah, it definitely sucks that I have to pay what I'm paying, but I'm still paying a lot less than I am when I, when I, when I had. So when I had DirecTV, I was paying like 180 and right now I'm paying 116 for a live TV and uh, internet combined together. So Yeah. But the, 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 all of this is, is fascinating to me because most people aren't thinking about the business perspective of sports shutting down. But a huge part of this is who should bear the risk of loss, right? When suddenly the NBA season doesn't have the playoffs and the NHL season doesn't have the playoffs and Major League Baseball doesn't start, there are a lot of games that are otherwise contracted for which aren't existing. So who should have to bear the risk of loss for that? Right now, it's the fans. And that doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't seem right to me that 26 million people who have lost their jobs, many of whom are sports fans, should be paying potentially hundreds of dollars over several months for sports that they're never getting. And the analogy that we hit on in hour one is, this would never stand if, for instance, you were talking about having a ticket for a concert. If a performer came out for that concert and said, hey, my throat's hurting, we're not going to do the event, and you still had to pay full price and then go buy a new ticket for another concert down the line, there would be riots. That's effectively what's happening right now in the world of sports, and it just doesn't seem right. We'll talk to this about, We'll talk about this some with Chris Mannix. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Chris Mannix joins us now at SI Chris Mannix. Chris, I'll start with this question. What's the latest? Are you more or less optimistic about the NBA returning than you were last week when we talked to you? You know, I'm still right around the the same place I was last week, and I was talking to somebody in the league office last night who, you know, and I kind of asked him the same question. I had spoken to him a few weeks back, and I said, are you any more or less optimistic? And he's someone's been on the pessimistic side, and he remained the same. You know, the, the look, we, we hear it kind of all over the country and in the context of reopening everything, but the message coming from NBA people is we can get this off the ground. We can go do the whole bubble-like concept, but there has to be testing. There just has to be look, – look, Clay, they're going to – the NBA – like, they can get their hands on 10,000 tests. Like, they, they can just buy them. Like, that's just the way it is with, with how they're, they're planning to move forward. But they can't do it, or at least, not, at least they won't do it, uh, while the country is still searching for tests at a high level. So th- that's really the biggest benchmark they're waiting for. When testing becomes widespread, I think they'll be ready to hit the ground running. But at this point, I, I just don't, I don't have a ton of confidence that that's going to happen in the next month, month and a half. All right, let me take a step back on the testing, because I do think this is interesting. Testing is not really that reliable. And what I mean by that is, in order to test accurately, you would almost have to test every single day. And we still know it wouldn't necessarily work because there's a huge percentage of young and healthy people who are asymptomatic and might not even, you know, they might already be carrying the disease before we're aware that they have it. Does that make sense? So unless you're testing every single day, I don't really understand the point here uh, from an NBA. Like I would love to talk with the NBA uh, health examiners and things like that who they're talking with because um, the other thing is the flu is killing more people who are under the age of 30 every year than the coronavirus is. So I understand maybe a concern about older officials or older coaches and things like that because this is really two different uh, impacts when it's old and young. Um, but the testing thing seems to me like a, uh, a, a focal point here for the NBA that might not actually protect players like they're thinking the players are going to be protected. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I would say two things. One is the message I've been getting is that they do want to test players every single day. Like they, they, whether it's because of the players or the older coaches there that you're talking about, they don't want to just do this once, then quarantine them and say it's okay. They want to do it here every day or every other day okay, so on a regular that, that, that's interesting and i'm sorry to cut you off but that leads to this yeah. this important question so what happens if somebody tests positive i, I mean I, I think it comes down to where we're at you know with with whether it's therapeutics or or, or something i i don't think that there's an answer to that question just yet i mean i think the nba is banking on the fact that if they get these like that testing would almost be just a confirmation of what they've been doing. Like if they get these guys into a quarantine situation where uh, they're in basically a bubble and they're locked into a hotel and they're not around other people, that it won't be an issue. But I don't think they've gotten quite there yet on on what to do. But I think the more important thing with the testing, Clay, is that it's as much about the optics as anything else. Like they just they just can't be, be willing to do these types of tests, even if they're not even if they're not that consequential, even if you're even if you're right, where they're not doing it enough to make it worth it, they can't 
you know, be testing uh, you know athletes in a sport when places around the country are still clamoring for them. Okay, that's an interesting point too. But then the the the, the point on the testing becomes: if someone tests positive. Are they going to say, well, we have to go back to the Rudy Gobert situation where mm-hmm. everybody has to go quarantine themselves, in which case I don't think they can come back and do the season, right? The only way they could do it is if somebody tests positive, then they go ahead and pull that player out and get them back healthy, but they treat it like the flu uh, or you know some other injury, sprained ankle, whatever you want to call it, where somebody can't play. Uh, but they're trying to work them back healthy, but they don't then shut down the rest of the league, right? It's because if they shut down the rest of the league, then every time somebody tests positive, they shut down for two weeks. Well, they can't do anything, right? Like it effectively makes the league impossible. Now, that that is one larger question. The other one is this, and this is what we've been talking about a lot on the show so far today, Chris, and I don't know if you've talked to very many people about this or even really contemplated it, But I was saying when I put on my lawyer hat, when I was in law school, risk of loss was a big topic when it came to contracts, right? Like who bears the risk of a loss if let's say you're you're shipping something in and there's a product on a ship and the ship sinks, right? Is it the person who owns the ship? Is it the person who's trying to buy it? Is the person who sold it? Like this is massive when it comes to, let's say, freight cargo, right? Because a ship could sink. Uh, you could lose everything that's on that ship. Effectively, we have a major risk of loss situation here for the NBA. Uh, and I'm using them particularly because obviously you're an NBA guy, but the same thing would apply mm. for the NHL Major League Baseball. Somebody is, uh, the NBA players by and large are still being paid even though a, a substantial portion of their contracts, even though they aren't still delivering the most important portion of their contract, which is the NBA playoffs, right? Most of the interest for the NBA is directly connected to the NBA playoffs. It would it would represent a massive portion of the overall viewership of the NBA, even though there's an 82-game regular season. Right now, fans are bearing the risk of loss because, and you would be one of these people too, if you have a cable or satellite subscription, you're paying full freight for TNT and ESPN just like you would be if the NBA playoffs were fully underway. Have you heard any conversations about that? Because I think a lot of fans are starting to say, wait a minute, if they don't want to play, that's fine. But why should I still be paying the NBA when the players aren't producing? Yeah, look, it's. I had this kind of conversation yesterday with with somebody that's, involved with this part of the league office and the one thing i would say about the risk being born through all this when it comes to players and to owners the nba has got a system set up where it's different than most other sports leagues where players are going to get 51 percent of the basketball related income no matter what so whether they're garnishing checks now or hunting them down for money in early next season it's all going to come out the same way right like they've They've got it worked out. It's not like what's going on right now with like the English Premier League, where they're just battling for every dollar because the player contracts say that they're they're owed this amount of money, and because revenue's not coming in, owners are trying to get that money back. In the NBA, whatever the basketball income is for the year, that's how it's all divided up. So an example is, you know, if a player is if you see all the reports all the time where you know 
LeBron James is going to make $34 million this year. Well, not really, right? He's, he's, going, to, he's going to make $34 million if the income is, is basically what it was last year or is flat on what it was the year before. If the income is significantly less, that means guys like LeBron and others are going to make significantly less. So it, it's really, when it comes to players and owners, how they, they manage the risk, it's already set up in the way the collective bargaining agreement is written. Yeah, okay, so I guess what I'm saying is let's think about it in terms of the way the revenue comes in, right? One Mm -hmm. easy way that the revenue comes in is through the gate, and most fans understand that. But fans are going to get their money back or they're going to get a credit for all of the games that they paid for in season tickets, I would imagine, that aren't actually played, right? So let's say that there is nine or ten games. I I don't know what the average would be that are not going to be played fans will get a credit for those nine or ten games if you're a season ticket holder or if you bought individual tickets for those games. And certainly nobody's going to have to pay for the playoff tickets given that the playoff might not happen. And even if it does happen, it's not going to be played in front of fans. But every single fan who has a subscription to ESPN or to TNT is continuing to pay full price in April and in May and on into June for the NBA without the NBA being there, and they're not going to get any refund for it. So the television dollars from a fan perspective, like when I sit back and think about it, I am paying for product that is never going to be delivered, and the NBA is getting that money, right? They're not getting the money for the tickets for the games that aren't played, and I think most people would say that's fair, but for the television – all of the league money is still coming in even though they aren't delivering the product and therefore the teams and the players are going to get that money as a part of their overall salary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I get it. It's, But, like, how do you divide up, like, what the league is getting from that ESP, like, versus, like, what a fan might be getting for watching something else like studio shows that they might want to watch. Or, yeah, I, th- I like, think the way, it's, the, it's, a, yeah. it's an excellent question. I think the way you would do- divide it up is just by looking at television ratings. And saying, mm-hmm. you know, the average, when you look at the, like, there's a gross number of viewers of NBA product over the course of an 82-game season plus the playoffs. What percentage of that viewership on the last five-year average has been the final, you know, whatever it is, 18 games of the regular season plus the entire playoffs? My bet would be that it's like 80% of the value yeah. of the television contract is the playoffs. Oh, I, I would agree. I would agree. And if that's the case, and if there's a way to, to, to refund that money, I'd be all for it. I mean, I, I look, I don't know how you consume cable at this point. I mean, I've, I've gone complete cord cutter over the last five years. So, like, if it was me, I'd just so how you know, do you watch whatever uh, this it is. is watch. So how do you watch the NBA then? Uh, I mean, I use DirecTV now, basically, or whatever it is now, at oh, okay. now. But that, you still have so. a, you still have a, uh, a subscription in, in, in some way, right? Like um, to, to that, which is, of course, markedly cheaper than, yeah. than a regular cable subscription. Yeah, so I'm just fascinated by it from a risk of loss perspective. And it's not just the NBA, but you're our NBA expert. The same mm-hmm. thing is happening right now with Major League Baseball, with the NHL. Uh, all of these sports which aren't fulfilling their contractual obligations under a TV contract, fans are still paying full freight as if those games are being played. And the analogy we hit on, Chris, and I'm sure like this is kind of, I mean, everybody out there will understand it. If a performer 
doesn't show up for a concert, you would never have to pay for that concert, right? And effectively right. on television, that's what we've got fans doing. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess the the only way I'd be able to answer is, I mean, if you can divide it up to yeah. see exactly what the NBA value is and refund that portion of the money, I'd be all for that. I think you and I both probably agree that there's just no way that that they'll ever attempt something like that. Oh, it's a mess. But I think there may yeah. well end up being lawsuits, as there often are, and lawyers involved trying to assess this risk of loss before all is said and done. He's great. He's at SI Chris Mannix. Appreciate the time, my man. You got it, Clay. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. bit of news uh, that is out there the NCAA uh, has uh, allowed college athletes to be compensated now for their name image and likeness Uh, more details of this are going to come out at a 9 a.m eastern so in about a 10 minute press conference scheduled Uh, but the release says at its meeting this week the board of governors supported rule changes to allow student athletes to receive compensation for third-party endorsements both related to and separate from athletics. It also supports compensation for other student-athlete opportunities, such as social media, businesses they have started, and personal appearances within the guiding principles originally outlined by the board in October. Student-athletes would be permitted to identify themselves by sport and school, but they wouldn't be able to use conference or school logos, trademarks, or other involvement. Uh, And uh, those details are going to be unpacked. I imagine it'll be a big part of the discussion that we uh, have tomorrow as as we break all this down. But that would be obviously a seismic change in the way that college athletics is set up if uh, athletes are able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Now, um, the Olympics did something similar where initially everybody had to be amateurs and it didn't have that much of an impact overall. This would obviously be very impactful for a handful of athletes who have particular value um, you know, college quarterbacks, for instance, college running backs, big-time stars at wide receiver, uh, defensive players who are well-known. But I don't think it would create a lot of value outside of the top six or seven players on each team. Uh, in college basketball, theoretically, this would allow shoe deals, um, I guess, uh, although I don't know how this would impact overall on the court-related shoe deals, for instance, when, uh, let's say, the University of Kentucky has a Nike deal, does that mean that individual players who didn't want to have Nike deals, if they had an Adidas or an Under Armour deal, they could wear their own shoes on the court? I would think that sets up for a conflict. I would also think you would have to be careful with this because where are the endorsements coming from? I wouldn't think that, for instance, college athletes would be able to endorse sports gambling companies or beer and liquor or uh, certainly like a strip club or uh, or something of that nature. So I would imagine that that would have to be in some way approved by an overall governing body, either of a conference or a school in order for that to uh, to to be able to, uh, to to be all set up. But again, 
that represents and this represents a pretty seismic change in the world of college athletics. For a lot of you out there, the first thing you're thinking is, does this mean I can get my college football video game back? Uh, and the answer would seem to be potentially yes, uh, if name, image, and likeness is allowed with the actual players' names in the video game for college football, just like uh, it is Madden. But again, the details will be coming out on this shortly. We will talk about it, I'm sure, a great deal tomorrow because it offers potentially seismic change to the world of college athletics. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate all of you. This has been OutKick Wednesday edition on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.